Hey, how's it going, Champagne Sharks? Hope everyone's doing well. Just wanted to uh, do some quick house cleaning, let people know. Go to ChampagneSharks.com and you get access to all the links related to Champagne Sharks. You can go there and find it all. And you can find where we are on social media, our products, all that stuff. Also, Patreon benefits, which includes Discord server, book club night, movie night discussions, show notes, newsletter, and most importantly, bonus episodes. So definitely become a patron for $5 a month at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. And without further ado, here is the episode. Take care. What up? You're listening to Champagne Sharks. I am Vita Star, and on this episode of Champagne Sharks, we are going to be discussing childhood trauma, understanding it, why it's important to understand it, its mechanisms, its impact. Um, and to talk about that with us, we have a special guest, Dr. E. Toyeri Williams. We'll be calling her Dr. Tori for short. Itoyeri Williams is a special education administrator in for the entire district of Forney, Texas. This is uh, a person who knows what the hell she's talking about. We don't just bring on anybody. We ain't just get some anybody off of the internet. We got an expert to talk to us about adverse childhood experiences. She has a bachelor's of science degree in psychology from the University of Central Missouri. She also has her master's in master's of art in teaching um, with an emphasis in special education from National Lewis University in Chicago. She also has an MBA. <laughs> I don't know how that helps us for this discussion, but it's all right. I think that's important to note as well. That means she also understands business and also has a very clear understanding of how systems work, which is something that's important to note. Because I think another thing we can get into this a little bit later too, which is sometimes people only have the experience of working with individuals and don't have the full experience of understanding systems. So that's actually important to note as well. She is also... Uh, uh, a doctor. She's a doctor. She has a doctorate of education um, from the Chicago from Chicago State University. She is a coach, a counselor, a motivational speaker, mother of three. She is someone who has considerable experience working in education. She also has her own educational program called Be Victorious with Dr. Tori Williams. Um, welcome, Dr. Tori. Hi. How are you? Hi. The star. <laughs> Man, you're the star today. You're the star today. <laughs> this is humbling. Thank you for having me. No, it's a blessing to have you because this is a topic that many of our listeners know is really extremely dear to my heart. I talk about childhood trauma all the time. I talk about its impact. I think I did one YouTube stream just explaining the brain and how it operates, you know, understanding the neocortex the limbic system and the reptilian part of the brain and how that impacts our ability to react to situations and how that development of the brain impacts our ability to react to situations even as adults. But childhood trauma has a much deeper impact. It's not just the, you know, well, we like, you know, most people know if you have a rough childhood, you know, you're going to have some issues as an adult. You know, you might have some depression. We expect that. But a lot of times we don't talk about the actual physical health impact that it has and how even those things are impacting how we think. It's not just, you know, hey, someone had a rough childhood. Now they have bad behavior. It's someone had a rough childhood. Now their body's reacting a certain way. Now they're coping with the way that their bodies are reacting. And it has in, in resulted in some health risk behaviors. And many of that much of that trauma didn't just start when you were even born, the trauma started even before then, especially if you're black and the child of enslaved people. Mm. 
<laughs> Go ahead, take it away, Dr. Tori. <laughs> I mean, how can I? <laughs> Everything that you said is so important. I've met people that were born with ACEs. When you have 15 or 16 year olds that are having children, that's ACEs because their bodies aren't even developed to do the things that they do. And just that trauma on their body is adverse childhood experiences. Childhood trauma is adverse childhood experiences. But I think people are so comfortable with saying trauma, 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 childhood trauma, 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 generational trauma. It's a buzzword now. It is. But I also believe that Adverse childhood experiences can be a buzzword too if we allow it, if we allow it to be a part of our discussions, not just in the classroom, not just in the hospitals, but at home, because this can actually be prevented. And so Mm. what's interesting is, let me start by telling everyone, if you've never heard of it, it's called Adverse Childhood Experiences. The acronym is ACES. And if you're looking for information, you can go to the CDC.gov. The CDC.gov is the same website that hosts information on COVID 19. Now, what's interesting is for anyone that's listening, if you want to, because I'm a researcher and I get it, if you challenge what I'm saying, feel free. You can go to that website right now and put in A-C-E-S and a plethora of information is going to come up. You can put up COVID-19, but what's what's interesting to me is that the ACEs information is being tucked away like COVID-19 is tucked away. They've Mm. removed it from the website. And so if you go on the website, you'll see nothing but monkeypox information. Well, that's, that's the hot one now. But that's it's a whole, hot. <laughs> that's yeah, a whole, it's you know, hot and right it's now. interesting because a lot of things, including mental health conversation, you touched on this too, mm-hmm. which is a lot of these things become buzzwords now, mm-hmm. and to the point where it does lose its meaning, where we lose yes. the importance of what's happening, yes. and it's and then we replace it with the next hot thing when we and never resolve it. the last thing. Right? Exactly, we're talking <laughs> about COVID nineteen, and it's twenty twenty two, and people still can get COVID. I I currently have COVID. COVID right now. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm currently dealing with that right now. Um, (laughs) And so I, I thought it was interesting because I avoided it for so long. Mm-hmm. And I was start, I was worried about monkeypox. They had me mm-hmm. worried about monkeypox and I caught mm-hmm. COVID because we mm-hmm. moved on to the next hot thing. We moved on. <laughs> and so that's what's interesting. Tra- the childhood trauma is always going to be there. But when ACEs came out in 1998, it was the buzzword. It was everywhere. Yeah. Oh my God. Because it actually happened in, in California with Kaiser Permanente. And yes. so it was such a big organization putting their name behind this. So shout out to Dr. Robert and, uh, and Andrew Felitti for Vincent doing Felitti. this with them. Yes. Did I say Andrew Felitti? I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, that information out there with Kaiser Permanente and made it big, but I want to be honest after 2000, was that two years sound familiar? It yeah. just went yeah, and got tucked into the website. It got tucked away until... Dr. Nadine Burke-Harris came out with her book, The Deepest Well. I highly recommend that. I'll try Mm -hmm. to remember to put some of these resources into the 
um, into our description because you guys yes. really need to check out this stuff. Mm-hmm. I've talked about this book before, The Deepest Well, and yes. she explains aces in that book. And she, she explains does. why even the title of the book I thought was really beautiful because it mm-hmm. explains that a lot of times, you know, in the medical world, especially in black communities, mm. they'll address the problem. For each individual, right? Here's medicine, here's medicine, here's medicine. But nobody looks at the source of the problem. And so instead of going into the well, in her description, going Mm -hmm. to the well to see what's in the well that's making all these children sick, Mm -hmm. they're handing out prescription after prescription to each individual child. And you have Mm -hmm. to think bigger than that. And that's what I was talking about. And I was saying is, you know, understanding that you have a, a knowledge of systems. As an administrator, you deal with mm-hmm. systems and how those impact individuals. But before we even get into all of that, because I really want to get into um, the ACEs and describing what it is for people, because this might be some people's first time ever hearing of the that Adverse Childhood Experiences Study. That is um, before we get to that, I really want to talk about, you, you know, your background working with children Wonderful. and working in communities like Chicago, for example. Um, that's a, that's one of that's one of those hot words. Everybody, yeah, everybody represents Chicago. Now, mind you, what happens in Chicago is happening in LA. It's yes. happening in New York. Um, it's happening everywhere. It so, is. but but what has been your experience working um, with students in schools? I will get. I will be honest. I was born and raised in Kansas City, so <laughs> same thing. We're talking. <laughs> My about family's Kansas from Missouri. St. Louis, so I get yeah, it. Yes, <laughs> show me. The, I'm going to be totally honest. I am a Christian, so if I throw out the Lord, it's because I've been blessed. And mm-hmm. I want to be honest. My history goes. I've been in Chicago for over 20 years. That's where I received majority of my education. But everything that you see about Chicago, there are some great things and there are some not so great things. The not so great things I've been a part of. I've seen a lot of violence. I've seen a part of the communities uh, where there's poverty. I've seen all of that. And it's 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 true. But I also saw so many talented people come out of there. Um, me looking into ACEs came from working with students. I was mm. the director of student activities, but I've been in special special education forever. I chose special education because I feel like there is a stereotype on special education. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed that African-Americans have been placed because educators just don't want to really educate them or take the time out to actually get to know them and know that there may be something in their background that has them acting this way. So PTSD, all of those type of things, I got in it because as a researcher, I wanted to know a little bit more about it. So as the administrator at this school that I currently am, it's actually a brand new position. The district has never had it before. Mm. What happened was they noticed that there was an increase in special education. They went from a 20% um, population to a 45% population. Whoa, that's more than double. It is. It is. And that made me interested in the position. And so I applied specifically for this position because what I don't want as an African-American is the misplacement of African-Americans in special education. Mm -hmm. And so that is exactly what I do. I am that person that from the beginning. So I'm in charge of an elementary school. I'm in charge of a high school. There are seven of us, but I'm the only African-American in the schools that I work with. The majority of the population is African-American. So I thank the administration for that. I go in and if there's any clue or hint of a student being in special education, 
then I observe them. We do the testing and we do that. Instead of just placing our kids mm-hmm. into special education, they have to go through me. And I'm really excited about that because as you know, years past, that has that has actually been an issue of the misplacement of African-Americans. Or when if you've ever heard of the school to prison pipeline, it actually yes. is real. That's one thing that I had to witness when I was in Chicago. In and fact, so, people connect the school to prison pipeline to the special education program. Exactly. They really do. And so it's my pleasure to be an administrator over that because now I am the person that controls that to make sure that that does not happen to any more of our African-American students. Yes, ma'am. You know what I find to be super interesting is something that I started to realize, and we'll get into this a little bit more later, um, looking at your background and your experience. This is something that I'm sure you'll have a lot to say on. A lot of things that kids get diagnosed with, they're finding, aren't that diagnosis after all. It's childhood trauma. Yes, it is. And I, I was looking, I was doing a lot of work around um, researching for ADHD. Mm-hmm. And because I, I have a, I have, I have the diagnosis of ADHD. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was doing the medication and I still take the medication as, as needed. Okay. Um, but I've had developed so, so many skills around around it that I didn't really it was it went undiagnosed for a very long time. Now, the more research I've been doing, however, I'm finding and I also learned this from Dr. Nadine Burke Harris, a lot of these symptoms overlap. So the symptoms with ADHD and childhood trauma tend to overlap. So a lot right. of these diagnoses, even for children in special special education, I wouldn't doubt that some of them don't need to be in special education. They need to have their trauma addressed. Correct. And that's and what I w- wanted you to get into a little bit. That's the reason why I'm glad you correlated the special education. And then we can talk about ACEs because that is correct. I started off before we started school a week and a half talking to the staff. And, and when I tell you, when I talked to the staff, there are staff members that were crying because we really never think about that. We don't think about the fact that the students are coming in with these issues and that might be the reason why they're acting out or that might be the reason why things are happening. So yes, diagnoses like PTSD, ADHD, ADD, I think it needs to be reexamined. And this is me saying this to you mm-hmm. because it could be adverse childhood experiences taking place and we just don't know what that is. Exactly. And we're we're doing this diagnosis because we don't know what's going on with our kids, but what's going on with our children are happening in our own households or it's happening in our communities or it's happening in our family. So yes, that's the reason why I actually even was introduced to adverse childhood experiences. I, I did that starting off as a special education teacher. Yes, ma'am. So for, for the listeners, let's go ahead and describe ACEs. What is the ad, what is adverse childhood experiences? What qualifies an adverse child experience, and what is the study itself? So the, so the study was something that happened um, with Kaiser Permanente and these two young doctors. They actually had a weight loss clinic, and what happened at this weight loss clinic? They noticed that people were returning. Well, there had to be something as to why they were returning things. I gave my money, but <laughs> something was going on. And so they set it up to where um, 
they talked to the people at the clinic first and they found out that they had childhood trauma. And so they decided to do this study with Kaiser Permanente. And we actually talked about them, Dr. Felidi and Dr. Anda. They paired up with Kaiser Permanente. It was set over 17,000 people that took the so it was study. a large group. Of, it was a, a group, large a group population, large group, a large population of people that took the study and they found out and the acronym ACEs came from adverse childhood experiences. And so, also just to just also add to what you're saying, that population of 17,000 was a very privileged group. It was 70 percent white and 70 yes. percent college educated. That's it. So this was even That's among it. the people who you know, aren't experiencing the same type of trauma that we experience. Exactly. Which makes it more interesting for us because we're not even included in that number. We were, I want to say it was six or 7% and that's it. Yeah. And I think that's the interesting part about it. So for it to be over 17,000 and we're talking about people with insurance. Yes. Exactly. I'll just cut to the chase and, and white what privileges. Yes. <laughs> um, that made it more of a, a, a nationwide issue. And so that's when it came out. Um, it became a real big deal. And, and people started having the discussion about it. So yes, adverse childhood, they placed it in three different categories. So you have category one that deals with physical, emotional, and mental abuse. And then you have mental, emotional, and physical neglect. So there are two different categories. So the abuse and neglect. Neglect could be not going to get shots, not going to um, be um, checked in every year. Um, That's those two categories. And then the big category is what they call household dysfunction. So if you had a parent that um, was mentally ill, that's household dysfunction. Separation and divorce is mm-hmm. household dysfunction. Um, incarcerated parents, family members, that's household dysfunction. Well, since then, of course, there have been a lot of different studies and things of that nature. Um, there is pearls and those are positive ACEs. And then you also oh, have yeah. what they call the extended ACEs. Now, anything in the extended ACEs is community violence. And so in Chicago, if you know anything about Chicago, of course, everyone does. That community violence is a big deal in Chicago. But you have things that have been added that hasn't been formally added, of course, but it has been added. Um, things like terrorism, which mm-hmm. is happening in our schools. Community violence. Um, community violence, gun violence. Um, housing, bullying. poor housing quality. Yes, yes, poor housing. All of that is been added to the extended ACEs category. Mm-hmm. And so basically what I let people know, I love the test that they have. When Kaiser Permanente did their test, it was 30 questions. Right now you can go online and there's 10 questions that you can answer. The thing is, I like giving the test, but I really don't because in that test are 10 questions, but they're five questions into one. And so it's like, oh, my number is a seven. Oh, I'm a bad person. No, you're not at all. Well, let's let's slow down a bit so people can understand what the test is as well. Um, Yeah, I would have I would have to slow my experts down because every expert does this. They, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm they, sorry because I'm going in. <laughs> yeah, you was you was going in, but no, I want to slow it down because I'm yes. pretty sure people are a little bit lost. And sometimes, sometimes even myself, I have to check because I know about aces, so I have to go back and make sure I'm not going over anyone's heads because it's like I said, this is some people's first time ever hearing about this. Yes. 
So ACEs is a test, right? Mm-hmm. So there's 10 of them that you can answer. So they, and they hit on all those categories you just talked about. Yes. Um, those, well, the categories around neglect, abuse, um, and things happening in the homes, such as incarceration or having a parent who's, um, who's uh, addicted to substances, having a parent who um, has mental illnesses. Yes. Um, these are all things that are also looked at, whether or not your mother is treated violently. Right. Um, if you've in witness this um, divorce, like you said, mm-hmm. but also physical abuse. Uh, emotional abuse, psychological abuse, verbal abuse. Yes. Um, and you're right. They do ask questions like, have you ever been hit, kicked, spit at? Like all in one question. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there are also other tests. Now, now, let me, before I move forward with that, so I'm just making sure the listeners um, can understand what the test is. Before you do that, can mm-hmm. I say you're very knowledgeable? I think this is such an amazing thing because <laughs> when I do podcasts, they have no clue. And I love that we're having this conversation. It is not scripted, you guys. This is us just having a normal conversation. <laughs> so thank you so much for being so knowledgeable about the topic. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, I like to talk about things I know about. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Um, and this is something that I'm very passionate about. But so this test that you can, you can go online right now. You can look at the ACEs test. I'll have a link to it in the description. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has these 10 questions that ask you, you know, if these, what have your experiences been? Every time you, you know, you answer yes to one of the questions. So like, for example, um, did you or, so, I mean, has, uh, did a parent or someone in your home uh, was incarcerated? Was someone mm-hmm. in your home incarcerated? You'll say yes or no. Um, have you ever been hit, kicked, punched, spit by a parent or guardian? You'll say yes or no. Every time you answer yes, you get a point. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the test, you add up your score. And if you have a score of four or more, that's when doctors start looking at health outcomes. Because it's likely that you, you your likelihood of you having certain health problems such as heart disease, such as diabetes, certain mm-hmm. types of cancers, mental mm-hmm. health issues such as depression or um, even suicidality, these numbers increase p- p- like exponentially. Like mm-hmm. your likelihood of getting, for example, heart disease is like five times more mm-hmm. just because you've had certain amount of trauma. Um, and this is without intervention. So this doesn't mm-hmm. mean you're doomed. So I think sometimes people forget to tell that part of the story. They'll just go to the doom and gloom. You have a seven out of 10. <laughs> like my score is about a seven or eight out of 10. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I first heard it, it was made me really sad because I was like, yo, what the fuck? Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But like you said, there's other studies now that are coming out that kind of counter those numbers, such as pearls or I've recently found one called the benevolent childhoods uh benevolent childhood experiences study mm-hmm. and actually the numbers if you answer yes to those questions which are a good experience you may have had like they'll ask you questions like have you had a mentor in your life did you have a best friend growing up if you can answer yes to any of those questions you get a point and it counteracts the points on your aces test um and i love it because it yeah. makes that it drops that number down and you feel a little bit okay <laughs> i didn't have my life wasn't just this big um, explosion of, of horrible things because right. that's what it can feel like when you see it all in your face that way especially if you've grown up a lot of times our brains when we have certain levels of trauma we normalized it we pushed it to the back so to have it all in your face at one time can be very overwhelming mm-hmm. but understanding that you also had some good things that helped counter that and you talk you have a mentoring program and you talk about that and we're going to get into mentoring and you know basically how do we address these aces we'll get into that a little bit later mm-hmm. um, and, and and that important role of mentorship but um 
right now is to kind of explain ACEs a little bit. So you can go online and take this test and it'll give you an idea of a score that to let you know your likelihood of having certain types of diseases, um, dying early. So if a score of like six or more with no interventions, you're likely to die before you're even 70, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, because of health conditions, because it literally, because and, and to kind of give some background on why, and you can yeah. correct me if I'm wrong on anything, jump in at any point. You no, know, you're doing great. Um, <laughs> you know, what happens is when you're having these experiences as a child, your body's um, fear response system is activating, which releases certain chemicals into your body, such as cortisol. And these chemicals are not meant to stay in your body long term. They're meant to get you out of a dangerous situation. So they make you a little bit stronger, make you a little bit faster to get out of danger. Um, but if the system is constantly activated, these chemicals stay in your body and they begin to create diseases. They begin to create other health problems. Your body begins to pump too much glucose into your system to the point where it probably can't even produce much more and it, or it can't be reabsorbed absorbed out of your system and you develop diseases, diseases like diabetes. Um, so th- these ACEs are extremely important to understand because they have a direct impact on your physical health. As Black people, we're constantly told, you know, our, our diseases for our, our chances of heart disease are already pretty high. And we keep thinking, and this is important, diet and exercise is extremely important. It we're is. not discounting that. But not one thing they never tell you is that even with diet and exercise, your chances of heart disease are still higher than most groups. Oh my God. You because, are so correct. <laughs> and the reality is we've experienced a lot of trauma and we haven't stopped experiencing it. Not at all. It and the got ACE, worse in 2019. Oh, and we didn't even get into the youth suicide rates of black oh of young black God. people, right? Um, uh-huh. So we can get into that a little bit later as well. But, you know, these impacts of childhood trauma are heavy. And, in, and keep in mind, like we said, the test, the study only studied this very, 17,000 people, which is a lot, but it was a very small demographic in the fact that it was 70% white, 70% college educated. And even in that group, they had a lot of ACEs, even with only 10 questions. The extended ACEs, so for an example, of any, if you want to learn more about an extended ACEs study, the Philadelphia Urban Study. It was good. That was one of yes. my favorite ones. That have 40 yeah. questions. Yes. And instead of those 10, and they 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 highlighted all those things we talked about earlier, bullying, mm-hmm. community mm-hmm. violence, ho- mm-hmm. poor housing quality, things like that. Um, because there's also other impacts. Of, there are also traumatic and adverse experiences that children have that weren't captured on the original ACEs. Mm-hmm. And that definitely impacts Black people, right, till this day. Mm-hmm. So, and in fact, in some cases, they've certain things have gotten worse, such uh-huh. as suicidality. Mm-hmm. Right. So I just wanted to kind of break that down for people so they can have an understanding of what ACEs is. <laughs> oh, my God. You did so well. <laughs> you did so well. Because we tend to, and I will say we tend to get into that, you know, knowledge. It's it's so up here to where you broke it down to an extreme. And what I love is that your knowledge about this topic is so amazing. <laughs> and so thank you. Seriously. You're flattering me. I feel so no, like, I'm I serious it. because this is, I do podcasts all the time and they don't know 
at all. But here it is. I'm having this conversation and we're having a discussion and your expertise and knowledge and passion about this is coming out. I can hear <laughs> it. It's amazing. Thank you so much, seriously, for, for having you. that background knowledge, because having someone that has that background knowledge and the passion, I wish you can see her, you guys, I'm looking at her as she's sharing this information and it's there. Oh my God, because we really need to address this mental health is at an all-time high, especially for us as African-Americans. It's it's high for us 18 to 25-year-olds right now that are struggling, that are going back to school to do what we need to do. We've been forced back to do things, and we haven't been able to do these things since 2019. So it's important to have this discussion right now because Mm -hmm. the world wants us to go back to normal, you know? And it's like, You want us to go back to normal after being shut down from COVID. COVID is actually a pandemic, just like average childhood experiences. Let me put that out there. And then we have to go back to normalizing when we still have COVID. Yeah. Like right now, literally (laughs) having COVID right now. I have to make sure we relate it back so people can understand the importance of adverse childhood experiences. Adverse childhood experiences is childhood trauma. Childhood trauma has had an impact If you think about it in 2019, and we're talking about childhood trauma, we were actually with our parents for family members Mm -hmm. that pretty much put ACEs at an all-time high or back up to where mental Mm -hmm. health awareness for our teens is at at an all-time high right now. So just wanted to share that too, because you did a very good job by (laughs) breaking it down. You really did. Well, thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, that says a lot. I mean, I really mm-hmm. appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely, you know, I am passionate about it. And that's mm-hmm. why I wanted you on. Mm-hmm. So I want, because I don't want it to just be me up here just saying, this is just some girl from the internet again saying some shit. It, it's oh. not. <laughs> um, I, I would love for you to kind of explain, you know, in your experience, how you've seen ACEs play out among children. Because I think we, we, I think for some of us, we can see how it can play out for adults. And I think we're, we definitely want to get in depth into that. But some of us also have children. And, you know, I personally don't, but you do. And a lot of our listeners do. And I'm sure they would also like to understand, well, how has their trauma impacted their parenting? How has it impacted what their children are currently experiencing, even in the best of circumstances. Well, I will be usher and do a watch this type <laughs> and say that I am not just speaking for an as an expert of ACEs, but I um, was born into generational trauma. So this hits near and dear to my heart as well. I think the interesting part is as I was going through my um, dissertation. Um, and my, my dissertation is on adverse childhood experience that um, my children became um, ACEs as well. And I say that because I had to go through my own um, divorce going through my dissertation. So um, I do the best that I can as a mother to to do what I need to do for not only students with adverse childhood experiences. And I, I got a quiz saying 
um, adverse childhood experiences, students with ACEs, and my own daughters that do have ACEs as well. This mm-hmm. is not something that I'm hiding from them. It is something that I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of it at all because it's a part of life and it happens. But I make sure that they're aware of it so they'll know exactly what it is. They'll know what what it is, how it is, how to address it, and what to do. Because having it is not the end of the world. It's what you do to address your ACEs that mm. helps you get out of your Average childhood experiences. So I'll say that, yes, my own children have it. And I did not sign them up for it at all, but life happens, things happen. And instead of being pitied and saying, oh, you have it. No, you have it. Let's address it. Mm. And so, yes, I have ACEs and so does my children. So do people that I know every day. And I know they get tired of me talking about it, but I want them to know exactly what it is. And I've met so many people that say, you know what? I never heard about it until I met you. And so I think that's my motivation to keep going Mm -hmm. because the information was out there before I was Dr. Williams. So this isn't something that I'm just coming up and it's this new thing. All I'm doing is bringing awareness to something that needs to be brought up because Mm -hmm. right now it's very important. I love that you said you don't hide it. Mm -mm. And you're giving, you're equipping your children to be able to address it now. Mm-hmm. And so many of us never had that. Mm-hmm. We didn't have anyone to show us, you know, this is what it is and mm-hmm. this is how you address it. Now, some of us, some people in our lives, and that's why I love mentors. I had mm-hmm. wonderful mentors in my life. They addressed it and didn't even know they were addressing it. Exactly. And I think that's what it is for me. I have hundreds. When I say hundreds, I have hundreds of mentees out there. We're talking about (laughs) Kansas City. We're talking about Indianapolis. We're talking about Chicago. We're talking about a few in Dallas. I've been here two years and I actually have mentees here in Dallas. We're talking about adults. We're not talking about somebody that's 12. We're talking about 30 to 35 year olds that say, you're amazing. I actually would like to be a part of your program because Mm -hmm. my mentorship is real. I'm very genuine as you all can see or hear, but yeah, it, it is what it is. It actually helped me survive. I am a first generation high school graduate. So this isn't something that I just do. This is something that I'm actually living. I am my Mm -hmm. own story. Yes, ma'am. And I think that's important to also highlight because I always tell people this, it has to move through you first. Mm -hmm. So many times we, you know, people who work in mental health and those of us who do training or whatever, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we don't, we don't always think about the fact that it has to move through us. When I, when I work with teachers, for example, when I train teachers and, you know, I, I, treat, I teach something called trauma-informed uh, compassionate classrooms. And for some educators, this is brand new, right? And they've gotten wonderful trainings on other things, yes. but not necessarily how to work with children who've experienced a lot of trauma. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's really interesting how many of them don't address their own trauma. Mm-mm. But they work with children exactly. and they're getting triggered all day and don't realize it all day. Like, you're, yeah, this is the group that this might be the age group you're most passionate about working with. But it's also mm-hmm. the age that you re- experience this horrific trauma exactly. that you never address. And so now this child is behaving how you may have behaved mm-hmm. in a moment. And now you're taking you're being taken back to this moment and you're upset. Parents do it, too. We talk about it all the time with parents. Mm-hmm. You know, you like the, I, <laughs> I always tell the story of a friend of mine would uh, talk about how she would get really upset because, you know, she'd tell her son to do something. He might have been six or seven, and he would say no or argue with her about it. Um, and then eventually he stopped arguing. He just started doing like this. You mm. tell him to do something, she, he suck his teeth. And she got her first reaction in her brain was she wanted to haul off and smack him. Yeah. Mind you, he's six. Uh-huh. 
And so she's like, then something she said something stopped her, and she just said, "Let me calm down." So she calmed down, and she said, "Why did you do that?" He goes, "Cause you do it, mommy." Ah, uh, huh? Mm-hmm. Interesting, mm-hmm. right? So, but all that trauma was coming up because when she was about his age, she would get smacked in the mouth, uh huh, or even asking a question. Sometimes mm-hmm. I ask parents this all the time. I say, "Well, why do they have to wash the dishes?" Like they'll get mad. They'll, they'll say, "I said, why to, to wash the dishes?" He gonna tell me why do I wash the dishes? I said, "Well, why does he?" Mm-hmm. It's Ooh. actually a legitimate question, let but we're so sh- triggered by it. We are. <laughs> let me share. Let me share this. I had a, 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 a mentoring session with a parent. Her daughter is my mentee. Her daughter's in college. She's about to finish her senior year. She put her daughter on punishment because her daughter didn't let her know that she got another tattoo. I said, so you took the car from her? Did you ever think about the fact that maybe she didn't want to tell you because she knew that it upset you? So Mm -hmm. she was trying to hide that from you when the reality of the situation is she's an adult. She's in school. She got a tattoo. What's why are you mad about her getting a tattoo? Is there a rule We do that in 2022 based off of our past and Mm -hmm. things that our parents set up for us. So when I posed the question back to her, she was like, oh, no, I shouldn't have talked to you. Why? When I'm telling you the truth. (laughs) That was the wrong reaction. No, I shouldn't have reacted that way. With your daughter. daughter getting a tattoo. It's her body. And she's 22. And also, my whole so my interesting the interesting thing about that, and this is why where childhood trauma comes into play. Sometimes I think parents, and not just parents, but anyone who works with children, they're playing out their experience exactly. of being a child in that moment. Exactly. And so they're reenacting what they experience, and now mm-hmm. you're playing it out because mm-hmm. the reality is this: even if mom does have a legitimate concern about tattoos. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a discussion to have. It is. It doesn't a require a car to be taken away. It doesn't exactly. require making her suffer because you're upset because maybe mom legitimately doesn't know much about tattoos and was worried she was going to get some type of skin disease. It's I like, started sending her information. Tattooing is actually therapy for some people. And let's be clear, it depends on the person. And so if that's the route that her daughter chose to take, then hear her out, communicate. There we go. Communicate. (laughs) Before you make that decision. And I want to say... I told her, I said, please don't say that I said this. She said, I have to. I have to tell her that I talked to you. And I want to say about an hour and a half after I got the text message. Oh, my God, Dr. Tori, I love you so much. My mom gave me my car back. I was like, take a picture and send it to me because I'm going to send it back to mom. Because really, you were keeping her. I bet you they have a better relationship due to the fact that she listened and And gave her her car back. And accepting the fact you're not going to like all of your kids' decisions. That's not. But guess what we're not doing? <laughs> we're addressing. That could have been yeah. traumatic. Yeah. That is an example of, it doesn't have to be physical, but she will never forget. My mama took my car because I got a tattoo. But think about it. You can eliminate that. If, and she still has session. the tattoo That's, at the end of it. Like, you know what I mean? the tattoo it's, is it's, not going nowhere. <laughs> so you just made her suffer for what? That's your ego, it. right? That's it. And I actually did the same thing with my ex-husband because my daughter, and I love her to death, she has all A's, great kid, couple of B's, so what? She said, Mom, I want a nose ring. Everybody else has something to say. I'm your mama. 
<laughs> I said, do you want one? You can have one. And so he, uh, I, everybody else is going to say something to her. I said, but do you trust your own daughter? Do you think that your daughter is going to be out there acting different because she has a nose ring? <laughs> he changed his mind. He thought about it and he did change his mind because we have to put that perspective. But that's another podcast because that's, right. that comes into the and mentoring I, uh, and I aspect don't, of it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we can we can have multiple podcasts. Uh, baby. But, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but even but even hitting that point, because I also like I want to acknowledge that some parents have fears. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And they have their concerns. Mm-hmm. And I don't think parents, you know, and I don't want them to think that we're just dismissive of, of those either. Because no, no. the thing is, we want them to realize you're not the only person in this space or in this conversation that has needs. Your I child know. also has needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of those needs might mean I want to feel a little more independent. Mm-hmm. I want to have some control, autonomy over my body. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean there can't be limitations. There can't be a conversation about what those limitations are. Like, yeah, you can have a tattoo. I'll take you down there, but we got to find a clean one. We got a clean space. Mm-hmm. You know, are you okay with having it in a place that maybe isn't as visible yet? And, you know, maybe, you know, let's have that conversation. They might say no, they might say yes, but yes. we're having the conversation. You might say mm-hmm. no and might say yes to certain things, but have a conversation. It doesn't have to, doesn't, we don't have to use our trauma to reenact more trauma because we don't have, we don't know how to have that conversation. We don't know how to communicate. And that's one of the other key things around addressing your trauma is communication, being honest about your own boundaries and your own needs while also respecting the boundaries and needs of others. And especially the people that you love and care about. You're wonderful. (laughs) You said something very important. You said we let our childhood traumas become our kids childhood trauma right we, we, we oh, traumatize them with so our magnetic. trauma right yes that's so magnetic because that's exactly what it is and I think that's the reason why everybody I'm I'm a I'm, I'm not gonna lie I think I'm a great mom um <laughs> as you should I'm, think I think you more, know I think, more, I, I think most I parents am. think they're terrible and then they're, yeah. not, they're not doing that no, bad <laughs> I actually think that I'm a great mom and the, I think they see that in the interaction of me and my girls of course I have to be mom and but I also have to be mom and I think the communication is a key. I communicate everything. If I'm going this place, that place. And I think that's important for them to know because I'm having that open dialogue with them so they can have the same open dialogue with me. Yes. But that's another episode. And that, well, that's not, a, I wouldn't even say it's another episode. I'm about to connect that right on to the next thing, which Let's is, go. you know, not just communication, but a part of that communication is empathy. Yeah. And they can give you that empathy if you're honest with them about your feelings and what you're experiencing. Yes. I yes. tell that to parents all the time. When you yes. come home from work and you had a rough day, maybe they did too. Yes. Why not let's talk about it? Hey, girl, I had a rough day. Let me tell you what That's my boss it. did. And they want to hear that story. And then you let them tell their story or yeah. vice versa. Whoever want to go first and go first. It don't even matter. And but I you're do giving it all the, the time. Yeah. Give yes. them an opportunity to show you yes. empathy and you show them without judgment. That's another thing. Without judgment. Amen. <laughs> Me and you, we got about five podcasts <laughs> because you are correct. And I think that's the thing. Let me tie it back to school. If you all don't know one of the things I learned in Chicago, the kids will come at six in the morning and not leave till nine o'clock at night. I had programs where for my boys, I would open up on Saturdays. I mm. had to because I wanted to have them something to do instead of doing something different different mm-hmm. different so i would <laughs> open up the gym and do open gyms on weekends or i would do lock-ins in the school so they could have something different 
to do. What's so, a lock-in so people understand what that is? Oh, 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 that's fun. We lock ourselves into the school and stay overnight and stay there Friday to about Saturday afternoon. Really? So like a sleepover? Yes, absolutely. In a, in oh, a like those church, uh, what they call the church shut-in. Uh-huh, the, <laughs> yep. I would, do it in a, I would do it in the school. I think one of the fun things that I did was for homecomings, I didn't, even though the district like wanted to fire me every year, I would bring in artists for their homecoming that they would like. And I'll be honest, that stopped all the fights and things in the school Mm -hmm. because I would bring in artists that they loved. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is these artists are like Chicago famous. (laughs) Chicago famous, like I had a, my sons and I love them to death. 2016 knows it. They know that they had a great school year. G Herbo was their guest at the prom. Mm. So if you know anything about Chicago, if you know anything about music, you should know about G Herbo. Absolutely. And that was a big deal for them. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, yeah, my senior year, my uh, prom, I had G Herbo, but we had low fights. It was mm-hmm. not a lot going on in the school. Our school was known for that. And I, you all want, you all want things. You all want things from me. I need things from you. And I would get <laughs> messages. Hey, Miss Williams said we got to stop fighting. They would just stop fighting. <laughs> How you know that's what they, you, and you know, no, that tells me so much, not just about you, but just the way that you work because it, because it's bigger than just the artists that they like. So I think that's what people are going to say. Well, of course it was yeah. the artists they like. It wasn't the artists. It was yeah. the fact that you went and got the artists that they like, that you listened to them. You no, paid yeah. attention to them. Yeah. You heard what they liked. Yeah. And they said, what? Miss Williams, she yeah. she knows what we like. She pays yeah. attention to what we need. We t- yeah. She pays attention to what we want. Yeah. And I think just that attention. Mm-hmm. So also, I, and I promise you, they, he probably, and I know who G Herbo is, yeah. you know, large black boy audience. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I can name them all. (laughs) They all, they, it it started to become a trend where it was like, this lady will let us do homecoming. So let's connect with her. So I was like turning people away, like, hold on a second. I'll have you for (laughs) next year. Or can we work on doing a basketball homecoming so we can get more guests for coming into the school? Oh, see? And so, so it was, but it wasn't just the fun artists. It was who you got. Mm Mm-hmm. It was because you got local artists that mm-hmm. they knew, that they yeah. respected, that they, and they wanted loved to, it. and they mm-hmm. loved it. Mm-hmm. You took time to say, "What do these kids really need?" And somehow, magically, the fight starts slowing down. I promise you, it did. I believe you. I don't think. I don't even because yeah. I know exactly what happened. It wasn't magic. Somebody yeah. cared about them. Yeah. That's all it took. And so, let me add that to this. So there was this young boy that wasn't doing quite well. School started at 7.30. He would arrive at about 8.45. And I had some issues. I'm like, what's going on? Instead of yelling, what's wrong with you? I asked him, I said, is everything okay? Because I'm noticing that you're coming to school quite late. And so he actually came out of his mouth and told me his mother is on crack. Um, They wake up with the sun. And so when the sun rises, so does his family rise. And he has to take his siblings to school because his mom can't do it. So he would get on the bus, public transportation, take his siblings to school so they can eat. That's Mm -hmm. what he said, not for education, Mm -hmm. so they can eat. And by the time he did that, he would arrive at school at 8 
30. And so for everyone that was trying to get this young man out of the school because of absences, because he wasn't there and add him to the school to prison pipeline, Mm -hmm. I just asked him a question. And so when I gave him a digital clock, he was able to get up on time. He was able to do what he needed to do. He was able to get Something his siblings to school. And he was able to graduate from high school. You know, that's so powerful because it was so, it seems so simple, right? Mm-hmm. A digital clock. You didn't, you didn't have to try to get his mother off of drugs. You didn't Mm-mm. have to change the community of Chicago. Mm-mm. You were able to help this young man by just simply getting him a clock. That's you it. mean you didn't have to incarcerate his mother? Mm-mm. That's, that's what your vice principal, I mean, your vice president wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You heard about that? Mm-hmm. That was she had a whole st- a stage show bragging about threatening parents with incarceration, mm-hmm. and I couldn't understand how that was going to help anything because chances are kids who are having absences are probably having other issues. Yep, that's and so. The how why would adding we to their aces to keep talking about? How aces. could adding aces make it better for us? That's why. And that really bothered. No, it's one of those things that till this day bothers me. It bothered mm-hmm. me because she bragged about it. She got on stage and bragged about it. And it mm-hmm. hurt me to my core. Mm-hmm. And I even argued with people about this. They were like, mm-hmm. well, they, well what would, then what are we going to do about these parents who don't do what they're supposed to? I said, well, you think locking up the parent is actually going to improve the education of these children? Because every mm-hmm. study on the planet shows the opposite. Yep. In fact, they're more likely to end up incarcerated. Yep. <laughs> Incarceration is aces. Yep. All right, y'all. So that is the end of part one. Go to, again, patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks or click the link in the show notes to get part two. Be good. <laughs>